0: Good evening. The, uh, the privilege is all mine to get to share God's Word and the responsibility also is awesome. It's very intense because we cannot toy with or alter God's Word. We also want to make sure that it's, it's usable the way it's presented and, uh, that we can each grasp the, the principles and do something with it and improve our lives. All of us are in need of that, aren't we? Tonight the topic is, until we fall in love with the lawmaker, we'll always be rebels. As we compare that idea to common everyday behavior, someone that's afraid of police officers, maybe it's because that they're concerned about not adhering to law. And so, some that despise the police, the idea is because they have laws to abide by. Well, if we despise the God of heaven, perhaps it's because we don't love His law. And as children of God, because we have understood the gospel and decided to submit to the will of God, we've decided to put the old man to death. And in so doing, what we're saying is, I'm a servant. I I no longer serve my whims and wishes. And I I adhere to the law of God. And so I love the law of the lawmaker. And I love the uh, lawmaker himself and his word. So, with that question uh, or that statement, until we fall in love with the lawmaker, um, we'll always be rebels. We'll hate law or, or guidance. So the question must be asked, why love God? Some things we've discussed in the past um, is God's characteristics and things God does. So within inside of those things that we've studied here in the past, uh, fairly recent past, we understand why to love God. But let's look at a couple of points. Of course, we understand 1 John four nineteen: We love him because he first loved us, right? Some basic ideas. We did not create, create ourselves. As humans, it's easy to say, why should I submit? I'm a free person. I have my own will. I have my own ideas and interests. No one's going to tell me what to do. And yet, the Bible tells us that one way or the other, we're going to serve one of two. There are no other options. We'll serve God or we'll serve unrighteousness, which ultimately can be pictured in in several ideas. But nonetheless, there are no other options. We will be a servant to someone, the God of heaven or unrighteousness in its behavior. So we love him because he first loved us and he created us. He created us, made us from scratch, Genesis 1, with the, the desire and interest that we would love him in return, love righteousness and be with him forever. We think of God and it's very interesting to think that the God of heaven wants to fellowship with us. We see in the cool of the day, God walking with Adam and Eve to fellowship them. God wants to fellowship us. God is not the one out to get us. He is amazing and His love is, is beyond description. But He is that great God that cares for us so. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. A very amazing verse. We're made in God's image and after His likeness. So why love God? He postured us as humans in a very unique way. In the image and likeness of God. Wow. Why love God? Because His character is flawless. God does no sin. And so we can understand. Even when we look at some kind of Bible topic and we think, I don't understand that. Or why should I adhere to that? Just remember, God is righteous and flawless. So even though we might not grasp the concept at the moment... Just remember his character, and as we learn, we we want to study that topic and grasp it. But we should never impugn God's motives or his character because we don't understand the concept. God's flawless. God proclaims who he is, and without God telling us that. So, as we discussed for just a moment this morning, in Romans one sixteen, I'm I'm sorry, in Romans one and elsewhere. Nature itself proclaims there's a God. So we can know God exists, but we can't know His will without Him what? Communicating with us words. And so when God appears to Moses in Exodus 34, and God proclaims who He is to Moses and for us throughout time, verses 6 and 7, it's not in arrogance, it's not in haughtiness, but there's no one else to do it. Remember, God does no sin. So no one else could proclaim the goodness of God and His character unless it were God. He had to tell us who He was. So we get this image of who God is, but He explains it to us. Let's think about this verse. It's pretty amazing. So God's going to pass by Moses because of His request. And so in verse 6, and it says, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, Abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty. So God had to proclaim that of himself because there was no one else to do it. But that's who that's who God is, and that's why we should love him. We should love his law, and uh, we love the lawmaker and his law. They have to go together. So what were the reactions of some of the people that interacted with God? If we want to know why to love God, so they're in the same text in verse 8 of Exodus 34. And what was Moses' reaction after this occurred? Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped because he saw and knew. Moses is our example down through history for us to see who the God of heaven is and and his reaction to um, interacting with God and seeing God and hearing of uh, the goodness of God, that's what he did. In Isaiah 6 and verse 5, we see Isaiah's reaction. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And notice why he was concerned. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He was quite taken back to say the least. Um, Psalm 18 and verse 30. As for God, His way is perfect. So we love Him. We love our lawmaker because of His character and it is it is without reproach. <clears throat> God would not be just and equitable if He forced us to, to love and follow Him, right? So as we think about... Um, Joshua 24, 14, what's the image here? Choose you this day. So if God had made Adam and Eve in the garden and said, okay, here's your structure. There's no way you can possibly sin. There's no choice. You're stuck. You're going to serve me forever. Imagine the people going to heaven that did not want to be there. Okay, y'all, I'm sorry, but... As present world today, all seven billion plus of you, you have to go to heaven. You don't have a choice. People aren't interested in God now. Why would they be interested then? So God says, in poetic language, if you'll permit me. Here's this beautiful place for you to live. I want to fellowship with you, but I'm giving you an option. Here's this tree. The tree is not intrinsically evil of itself. It's just a tree. God said, don't touch it. Don't eat of it. They had a choice. The tree wasn't evil. It was a tree. God just gave them a choice to make. You don't have to violate God's wishes and commands. But if you want to, here you go. You have this option. They chose the option. God let them choose if they wanted to serve or follow Him. So as we think about um, a look at God's love... Uh, for us second corinthians eight nine for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, which we touched on this morning. If we want to keep two verses together, um, we think about god 's love we jump to john three sixteen what 's interesting is it looks just like first john three sixteen they 're very similar hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. It says that God laid down His life for us. And of course it's referring to the God the Son. 1 John 4 verses 9 and 10. In this was manifest the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. As we reference Jesus from uh, Revelation 1.5, unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. Why love God? Because even from the garden, before the creation, it was planned that Jesus would come and die for us because God already knew we were going to make a mess. And yet He loved us enough to create us anyway. Even before we made mess. And it's through the blood of Christ. So each time we commit sin, let's have this aware thought in our minds and say, Jesus' blood was shed because of what I just did. And let's take corrective action and fix that in our lives, step by step, growing closer to God and fix those things in our lives. So why love God? Ingratitude has got to be one of the ugliest characteristics of humans for the offering and sacrifice that someone has given and to have no concern or, or gratefulness in our hearts. So I love God? Because out of gratitude for how great He is. So a question comes that should follow concerning being rebels. Because, brethren, as long as we absent ourselves from following God's commandments, we are rebels. Whether it be small or large, Things that we may, it it can be a small behavior that we struggle with overcoming or um, the way we drive our car or any number of things. Rebellion is rebellion when God asks us to adhere to the laws of land. How much of God's law can we break and still be faithful? We need to submit completely. So how to love God? We should love him as he's loved us. God knows our hearts, so we're familiar with John fourteen fifteen that says, If you love me, keep my commandments. That's how we show love to, to God. And uh, 1 John 5, 3, it goes on to say that His commandments are not grievous. It's not something that's a burden to us. It's not something that we find as, as weighty and difficult. We long to be faithful to the God of heaven that's loved us so much. It's a lesson within itself. God offers us so much and asks so little in return. His his commandments are not grievous. How do we show God that we love Him? He asks us to study to show ourselves approved. That's how we show that we love Him. Um, Sometimes we balk at being told to do something particular. And um, young people very often are abused with this idea that you know, the rebels of society are this certain age group, and we accuse teens. It it doesn't end from the youth to the aged. Rebellion is something that we struggle with as humans, and so it's not an age group. It, it is the heart, and we hope that we grow and continue to put this out of our lives, but it, it's not a particular age group. It's being people and uh, not adhering to God's Word. So how to love God, Mark 12.30 as I tried to reference this morning, but I couldn't think of the location. Please notice the word all. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all. Thy heart. All thy soul. All thy mind. And all thy strength. This is the first commandment. God is asking us with the totality of our being to love him and submit to him that's loving the lawmaker and his law with all of our being we show God that we love him by loving each other john 13:35 by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if ye have loved one to another i'm um i'm concerned that we as the church need to um crank it up a little bit because if if our idea of fellowship as the church is seeing each other Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday, it appears that we should have more concern for each other during the week and we would spend more time with each other as we could make opportunities. Uh, it looked like the church, and I realized the situation was different. In the first century, the church was just established and it seemed like they were together continually. But then again, in all fairness many of them were away from their homes and where else could they go but we as the church should fellowship more because we're encouraging each other to go to heaven and so um just a thought so how do we love god we abide in his love um john 15 3 through 10 gives this idea of the branch branches and the vine and and how that we're attached to him um so to show love toward Him, we're in Him, in the context. We're in His Word, and uh, we follow His commandments in the context of those verses. So that's how we abide in His love, and it's how we show love to God. So how do we love God? We, um, we see others in need, and we don't say, be ye warmed and filled. But we warm them and fill them. We care for the need; otherwise, it's hypocrisy, and uh, it's just—it's uh, fruitless. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him to sin. James four seventeen. Proverbs twenty eight twenty seven um, is pretty strong when it says, "He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse." We remember from Jesus' teaching in Matthew 25, here's this picture of the judgment scene, and there's this criteria of how people were blessed um, or they were rejected. And what were the requirements? What were the the points that Jesus made? They were physical things. Hungry, thirsty, stranger, naked, and sick, and in prison. And uh, we visited, cared for, took care of the needs of, We show God that we love Him by caring for our brethren and doing these things. Uh, Jesus said, you did it not unto the least of these my brethren, you didn't do it unto me. So we do those things, and uh, we show God that we love Him, and uh, we long to care for those. We show God that we love Him through reverence. Psalm 89, verse 7 makes this comment. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. And to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. We revere the God of heaven because he's worthy. Um, He is not as we are. We are, we're not omniscient. We're not omnipotent. um, We're not all loving and uh, so on and so forth as we compare ourselves to him. And we are created. He gave us an eternal part, but he's always been eternal. From everlasting, eternity that direction, to everlasting, eternity that direction. But not us. Eternity started for us at conception. God knew us from the womb. So we had a beginning, not God. God has always been and always will be. So we show God that we love Him through fear. Hebrews twelve twenty eight. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. We are to serve God faithfully. Uh, 2 Corinthians 19.9 has that principle. And consistently, Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Without wavering, consistently we show God. So, why love God, how to love God, and what about this idea of when to love God? Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too late according to the verse that we sing. But 2 Corinthians 6.2 um, Now is the accepted time. Which if it's now, then it is today. It's immediate. We show um, when to love God. It's immediate. Um, and in all things, verse uh, 4, approving ourselves as the ministers of God. Ministers being Servants. And it's going to be a continued action. When to love God, we're to be watchful. So if we're watching, we're doing it now. Uh, Matthew twenty-four, forty-two, and continuing. When in that section of Scripture it says that they are faithful and wise servants. What are they doing? They're watching. So right now, they're preparing. They're looking toward the skies, if you will. Preparing for heaven. Each decision, each step. And blessed is that servant whom his Lord when he cometh shall find so doing. When do we love God? It's now. They're doing, they're active, and it's immediate. Please turn and and I will try to, to slow down a fuzz. But Daniel twelve three. Please look at that scripture with me, please. All of God's word is truth. So we can't have a pet theme that we preach from the Scriptures. We're supposed to preach all the counsel of God, right? Uh, sometimes it's hard to not get stuck in this particular thing that uh, strikes you as important. And and so you have to work on it. But nonetheless, here's this theme, and it, it's so strong from this verse. Um, in Daniel 12 and verse 3, and it reads... So this idea of when to love God. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So when do we love God? Well, we're trying to turn many to righteousness. And brethren, it has to be today. The time's drawing short. Um, We've lost many loved ones ahead of us. My grandparents have been gone for many years, and in their lifetime, you know, especially as kids for them, they thought, I've got plenty of time, I would imagine. And what about their grandparents and their grandparents? Time's marching. And so here we are a couple millennium since Christ was here, and uh, it's not going to slow down. So the most precious commodity that you and I have is time. Let's encourage each other as God's children to use our time wisely. And that's such an interesting statement there in in Daniel 12.3. They'll shine as the brightness of the firmament. Who's going to do that? Those that turn those to righteousness. And uh, so we are to love God now busy because we love the souls of men the way God loved our soul because we don't want them to be separated from God for eternity. In Luke 11.23 we see, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. Just as we discussed for just a moment when we began this, there are two options. We are either servants of God or we're servants of our unrighteousness. Well, according to this text, we're also gatherers with God or we scatter. So if we're not gatherers, we are ones that are detrimental to the um, mission of God to save the lost. That. That's pretty striking. So we're either active. It's a lesson for another time, but this idea that people will learn about the gospel from my behavior and my, um, my manner of life is false. They may see that you're, um, you follow righteousness, but they're not going to learn anything about the gospel by looking, looking at you because you deal fairly with people. This idea that people learn the gospel and come to Christ through our example. Is very comforting because we're afraid to open our mouths. When do we love God? We love God immediately by proclaiming the gospel to the lost. Someone had enough courage to tell us, let's do the same. So when do we love God? We love God now in worship. We're gathered here today for that very point. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him him in spirit and truth. And it's it's not something we begrudge. We love the lawmaker, we love his law. And we want to worship him in spirit and in truth because of how great he is and, and because of our gratitude and uh, our thankfulness. Matthew fifteen, eight and 9 makes this comment. These people draw nigh to me with their mouth, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines and commandments of men. Too often that happens in society, doesn't it? And uh, even as we hear horrible reports, we hear it happening in the Lord's church at times. Things that should not be taught from the pulpit that aren't going to... God's word saves us. So when you have error coming from the pulpit in classrooms, you're endangering the souls of people. And that's, that's unspeakable. When to love God? Now. Hebrews 10.25. Very familiar, right? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. How many times did it say in 1 Corinthians 11, as we looked at it this morning, come together, come together. Why, well, they were coming together for a purpose, worship. And it's very clear in the text. Um, Acts 20 and verse 7. Um, they came together to take the Lord's Supper. So there's this reason for assembly. And uh, we show God that we love Him by assembling. Joshua 24, 14 And fifteen made these made these comments. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. So it's an immediate thing. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you'll serve. Colossians three, four. When Christ, who is our life, total surrender. Back to those two ideas that we've discussed today. Total surrender. So we're supposed to hate mother, father, wife, children in our own life also. Love less. Has to be because God tells us to love. And uh, we're supposed to put ourselves to death. Romans 6. So if he is our life, then we are looking at every decision, every step, every thought Looking back to the lawmaker and saying, okay, God, through study of the Word, of course. What's my next step? How do I proceed? A couple of pictures of leavening in, in the Scriptures and uh, not submitting to law and loving the lawmaker. Cain and Abel. Cain had some problems, right? We see Ananias and Sapphira Just for the praise of men for this moment of uh, of glory, per se, they lost their souls and their lives. We think of Nadab and Abihu. They offered God worship by the wrong fire. But they were rebels because they did what they wanted instead of what God prescribed. How much of God's worship do we want to change and alter? None. Because if a little fire changed it, in our mind, you know, strike a match or... Flick your big. What's the difference? But God said it was supposed to come off of one place, and apparently that was the altar. And whatever the strange fire was, it came from the wrong place, and they lost their souls. Let's do this quick rundown of Ephesians five, and we'll be there for just a few moments. But it's going to be it's going to be brief because we're just going to touch some high points. When to love God? This idea of now. In Ephesians five one, we're supposed to be followers. Well, that's now. Verse two, we're supposed to walk in love. That is now. This idea of when to love God, it's current. It's present. In Ephesians five three, it's not once named among us. This idea of wrong or sin. So it's now. It's not once named. So um, verse six, let no man deceive you. When we don't want men to deceive us, and that's immediate. We're not supposed to be partakers with them in verse 7. We're supposed to be children of light. Would that be intermittent? No, that's now. It's current. Children of light. Ephesians 5.10, we're proving. It's continuous. Something that we should do now showing our love for God. Ephesians 5.11, we shouldn't have fellowship, but We should reprove. Well, is that just when it's convenient or is that all the time? We shouldn't have fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. So it's now, it's immediate, showing our love for God. Verse 13, if something, um, if it doesn't make manifest, doth make manifest, is light. Uh, verse 15, walk circumspectly. That is now, it's current. Verse 16, we're supposed to redeem the time that is immediate, it's now. Verse 17, understanding the will of God. Would we say, it's, it's okay if we understand God's will occasionally. No, it's now, it's immediate. We're supposed to understand His will. Verse 19, we're supposed to speak to ourselves. We're concerning this idea of singing, but when should we not do that? Ephesians 5.20, giving thanks. Uh, 5.21, submit to one another. Is there a time off? That, can we take a break from that? No. We show our love to God by doing these things now. Um, we're subject unto Christ, 5.24. Ephesians 5.25, love your wives, husbands. Is, is that occasionally or is that now? It's, it's, it's now. How do we love God? by By following these things. And we could continue. So Ephesians, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel 15, 23. Do we want to be rebels? See, the question is personal. Are we in love with the lawmaker? Are we in love with his law? Brethren, we have to refine ourselves. That's what that's what this boot camp of life is about. It's now. It's, it's positioning ourselves prepared for the return of the great king and judgment so that we're not in fear of it. We look in anticipation of that promise. The one who's coming back for us so that we can be in peace forever because we've despised this world and the things of unrighteousness. If we're so anxious to hang on to this place, um, we're not going to be so ready for heaven. But with our eyes to the sky, we're anxious to see our Lord return and be with Him. But First Samuel fifteen twenty three it says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as as iniquity and idolatry. We, of course, don't want to have any part in that, do we? Nehemiah 9.26, it said that they had cast God's law behind their back. Are we guilty of that? Do we pick and choose the parts that we want? And is there something in our lives, and only we can answer it, unless it's obvious. Is there something in our lives that we won't let go of? Because we want to be ourselves. We want to do what I want to do. Is there something that we have decided that we're not going to give up? Some part of God's law that we're not going to adhere to? Very sad commentary in Isaiah 1 and verse 2. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. And think about God's tenderness in this, but He's also making a proclamation. I have nourished... And brought up children. And they've rebelled against me. We see God's tenderness. And yet we see the disgusting side of man. And we as the church may say, we're God's children. We know the truth. We're the true church. We're okay. But yet flirt with sin and we're kidding ourselves. We have to hate rebellion and love the God of heaven. Isaiah 65 and verse 2, I've spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people. Look at God continually encouraging Israel to repent. We can go through the judges. How many times did that cycle repeat? How many times did God plead with Israel over and over again? He is so patient, longing for us to submit and be His people. Well, in conclusion, there's a final verse. And it's Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. 19 and 20. Yes, this was proclaimed to Israel. But if we think about God's character, this principle hasn't really changed. And by inspiration, it proclaims this. Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, rebellion, submission, and life. He goes on to say, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey His voice, that thou mayest cleave unto Him, for He is thy life in the length of thy days. How do we wrap up into this little nutshell this whole idea of from Genesis to now, from creation to, to present time? And it's the God of heaven longing to have fellowship with us who without sin without arrogance and haughtiness. But let's not forget He's God. But let's not um, equate Him to men. He is perfect in character and qualities and longs for us to submit because it's what's best for us. We did not make ourselves. We are His servants. So we can choose which side we want to serve. So are we lovers of the lawmaker and His law, or are we rebels? We can't have part. We have to be that in whole. And yes, in the Christian walk, we're growing and increasing. But we need to continue to take those steps toward putting that stuff out of our lives. Because we're separating ourselves from God. God with open arms longs for us to be His children. And so, the blood of Jesus makes that provision. Through the death of Christ on that cross, He gave His life for us. That we might have eternal life and through belief in Him. And this is just something um, as an aside, if you will. As you look at Acts 2 and 38, it says that um, we should repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. And uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10 say... Um, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. So both of them equal the same thing. But the verses require something different. So why the difference? Well, you and I know as Christians that it's all four. But it's a good way to open up a conversation with someone that's not a child of God and ask them what their thoughts are. And then you've got a good inroad. But therein lies the gospel in those two simple verses. And we can use those. And in that gospel, we see our hope of eternal life in Christ, being baptized into Him. And as Christians, if we've fallen away, God with open arms says, come home. He's longing and patient for us to be His children. So the question is tonight, brethren, are we rebels? Are we servants? If we have hiccups in our life, let's not kid ourselves and think, "Uh, it'll be okay. Let's begin today to correct them and draw closer and closer to the God of heaven that loves us. If you have need, why not you come as we stand and sing?